He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Uh, um, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing here? Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Dick Morris. Good to be here with you. Um, hello, Dick Morris. Hello. Is that Doug DePiro? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, out painting a wall someplace. Yeah, in Rye, New York. And I see all of these uh, stickers on the telephone pole, missing missing puppy dog, Doug DePiro. Where is he? Yeah, right. Well, there he's not in my studio here, but he's right. on the air for, for us all. Is How you doing, a, buddy? I'm doing good. Is the Republican Party in its own inimitable fashion about to blow this election? With the House in their pockets and the Senate within reach, the Republicans may figure out a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And their possible defeat would come from making the exact same mistake twice. Remember how in 2020 the Democrats piled up huge leads among those who voted early, sometimes weeks before Election Day, while Republican operatives wrote ads and conducted polls and generally sat back and waited Uh for the calendar to turn to Election Day to to get their vote? By the time the Republicans showed up, the Democrats had already piled up leads that were insurmountable through early voting. While the Democrats went door to door to sign up their voters, Republicans sat back and waited. It's like in baseball when one team scratches out, runs through walks, singles, stolen bases, and sack flies while the other sits back and waits for the through-run homer that never comes. You would have thought that the Republicans would have learned their lesson in 2020. But now in 2022, the same damn thing is happening. What's wrong with these people? As of today, October 23rd, 7.5 million people have already voted. Uh, about 2 million in person, about 5 million wow. by mail. And in states that register voters by party, 2.1 million of these early voters have been Democrats, 50%, while only 1.2 million, 30%, have been Republicans. And polling that I've done with McLaughlin and Han Jordan in Pennsylvania shows that 14% of Fetterman's voters have already showed up as against less than 1% of Oz's voters. Oh in Arizona, twice as many of Kelly's voters have already voted, 10% as opposed to only 5% of Republican masters. Look, the central message of my new book, The Return, Trump's big 2024 comeback, is that the Republican Party has to change its political tactics to match the new rules Democrats used in 2020. It matters very much when a person votes. When Democrats ask somebody to cast their ballot two weeks before Election Day, they can see if he does. And if he doesn't, they can come back two or three or sometimes ten ah, times. Yeah. But with Election Day voters, there's no margin for error. Even five, If even 5% of the Republicans don't show up, I know, because the kids get sick, things pile up, the flu, or just too many things to do, the party risks losing Senate races that are now on razor edge in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, North Carolina, and Ohio, and with the control of the Senate and even of the House. So what's with the Republicans? Why are they living so dangerously? Why aren't they pushing out early voters? 
Well, they're scarred by their 2020 experience, and they worry that early votes will, by Republicans will be lost or misplaced or stolen. Mm. And they worry about voter fraud so much that they're telling their followers to stay home and not come out, come out only on Election Day. I mean, how short-sighted can you get? None of us can force how to tell the future, certainly not in our own lives, and guarantee that in two weeks the kids will be healthy and we'll be able to vote no matter what. Now, who can make this kind of prediction, especially with the country hanging in the balance? Two days after we were defeated in the election of 2020, campaign manager Jared Kushner called to boast to me that, boy, we sure did a great job on Election Day. Yeah, he was right. Trump pulled out 11 million new votes. But Biden pulled out 15 million more. Sure, we need a way to stop Democrats cheating, but not to vote is one hell of a way of doing it. So remember. And I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but if you don't vote early and we don't get more early votes out, this is what's going to happen. Somewhere in there, there's a... I feel like I'm fired now. Yeah, somewhere in that, there's uh, there's a Republican Senate candidate losing his election. I mean, come on, people. You lost the election in 2020 because you didn't vote early. By the time you got your first vote out, the Democrats had been five times around the block and had beaten the stuffings out of you. So right. Speaking of stuffing, stuff happens. I, I sometimes mm. misspell stuff. <laughs> and and, and oh, you have really? to understand that it happens and that you need to prepare for it. Uh, and when I speak to Republican top-level operators, they say, oh, we're not going to vote early. They'll just steal the vote. You underestimate yeah, the right. extent of stealing. Well, mm. okay, but you're not going to vote or you're going to vote. You're going to trust Election Day, trust yourself right. on Election Day to come out to vote. I mean, right. how can we win an election, for God's sakes, when before the voting starts, we're down 2 million to 1.3 million? I mean, how do you overcome that? Uh, the same damn thing that happened to us in 2020. Um, so will everybody's asking me, will somebody win? Will Walker win? Will uh, we be able to beat Hochul and so on? And my answer to that is who the hell knows? Because who knows how many of our people are really going to show up and vote? All the polls say Republicans are more motivated to vote than Democrats. That's true. We're better educated. We're more focused. We have more uh, to, to scream about and what Biden's done. But it doesn't matter if we don't show. And the Democrats and replace enthusiasm with mechanics by keeping... And they're, and, they're, yeah. and they're knocking on the door, right? These guys are knocking on the door of voters. Please vote. Exactly, exactly. And and we're not. We're just sitting back and sort of waiting for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go to Raul in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, there, are, there are two questions that I like to ask, okay? The number one question, as we approach this uh, election uh, day, okay, the number one question is um, is this. Is the Bavarian at the gate? Because the most radical element that you can imagine yeah. is what is running right now uh, in yep. the Democratic column. Yeah, you're right? absolutely right. There are definitely barbarians at the gate. 
the problem is that they're in the Senate and they're in the House. <laughs> you know, mm. the January 6th protesters couldn't get in, but the barbarians sure as hell can. And look at what they've oh. done to the country. Let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. Hey, Andrew. Hey, what's up? You were right. Um, I watched a debate with Herschel Walker after right. you had said how well he did. And they make fun of his accent, but he's like uh, the Dukes of Hazard. He's just a good old boy. Yeah. Causing the liberals harm since the day he came out for Trump. Right. But he did well. And I liked when Warnock criticized him for having a mental dis- you know, disorder. And he rebounded and said that he recovered, and he encouraged other people to seek help. Don't be ashamed. So he he handled himself and yeah. Like said about and and, and since then, room. the polling in Georgia has turned around. Uh, before that, Warnock was a few points ahead. Now, Walker's a few points ahead. But I, not to belabor the point, I come back to my uh, earlier point. None of this matters if these guys outvote us in pulling people to the polls. Right. I mean. Fourteen percent of Fetterman's voters have already voted, wow. and four tenths of one percent of Oz's voters have already four voted. Four tenths of one percent. That's right. So wow. they're twenty-eight times larger uh, vote for the Democrat than for the Republican in Pennsylvania, in uh, in Alabama, in uh, Arizona. There's twice as much. Ten percent of their guys, five percent of ours, and and like idiots, our political folks or Republicans are just making the same damn mistake they made in 2020. And I warned about this in the book, The Return. I explicitly said we have to treat each day in September and October as if it's election day and get them out to the polls as if they're going to close in an hour. And they're not. They're absolutely not doing that. Let's go to Valeria in Florida. Hi, Valeria. Hi, Mr. Morris. Thanks for taking my call. I heard you interview Tina Forte a month or so ago, mm-hmm. and I think she's got a great, great shot. At, yeah, I think she's got a great shot if she actually walks the talk. Having said that, she has talks been at the talk and walks the walk. Not to vote early. Don't mix them up. <laughs> Did I say it backwards? If yeah, you, you said you. talk the walk. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. Having said, right. I've been listening to Joe Biden too much. Right. Catchy. <laughs> Catchy. Having said that, having said that, I did hear. <laughs> we got to be careful. Go ahead. Don't listen to anyway, that. <laughs> um, we, um, I did hear her say, you know, not not to vote early, to vote on the day of. And I can understand their apprehension with the early vote, but it's trickled into a lot of uh, Trump supporters and Tina Forte supporters to Florida, people that only listen to the talking points yeah. of the GOP. They don't listen to everything. Right. So, I mean, do you but, know that you're going to be healthy two weeks from now? Uh, if you have right. children, do you know if they're not going to get the flu? Uh, I mean, why, why wait, for God's sakes? I just don't get it. So we need to, to so that's what we need to do uh, now. Uh, we have to break this lifetime habit of only showing up on election day and vote now. Uh, because when you vote, it's in the pocket. Look, they're not going to steal your vote in New York State. They're just not. It's by machine. It, they've been doing it for 150 years. Uh, and uh, New York has never been close enough that they had to steal it. <laughs> and so, yeah. so they're, they're not, not good at it. They're not good at it. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, Pennsylvania, they're pros. New York, they're sort of amateurs about that. Experience. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. <laughs> That's Cackler Harris, in case you don't know. <laughs> Uh, ho- hopefully, in a few in a few years, we won't get that joke. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I was having conversa- conversations all week long with the campaign managers and general consultants for the key Senate races throughout the country, uh, and I've gotten very very involved in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and a couple of governors' races, Michigan and New York, with Zeldin, and. In these discussions, we faced a problem in these races in Pennsylvania and Arizona particularly, where the Republican just is stuck about in, in Arizona two points behind the Democrat and in Pennsylvania tied with Fetterman. Well, at least with Fetterman, we've got a debate coming up on Tuesday. That's the first time Fetterman's going to speak, and uh, maybe we have a shot there from the debate. But the Republicans have been victimized by four or five months of unrelenting Democratic attacks on paid media, on ads. They have been accused of everything in the world, from being child rapists to murderers to killing dogs to oh, uh, to being just, just horrible, horrible people. And as a result, their, their negatives have increased dramatically in almost every one of these key races – in Ohio, Georgia, Pennsylvania, um, uh, North Carolina, you name them. In almost every one of these key races, the Republican has higher unfavorables than the Democrat. So, in effect, they're voting for the Republican despite the candidate. And we've got two weeks left till Election Day, two and a half. And I think it's too late for these candidates to rehab their personality and Pick up two or three more points of the favorability. Candidates you're yeah. talking about the Republicans. Yeah, okay. they've taken it for so long. They've been quite slandered in so many ways. Mm. And I have a new approach to the campaign, and I've been pushing it with all of these Republicans, and I think I'm turning them around, and they're going to use this it. It's great. This is absolutely brilliant. What you're going to talk about right now, and that is to say, look, our state is the 51st vote in the U.S. Senate. It's the 51st vote that's going to stop Biden from spending and stop inflation. It's the 51st vote that's going to repeal these laws that let criminals out of jail. It's the 51st vote that's going to limit immigration. You don't want the 51st vote in our state to be cast by a liberal Democrat like Fetterman or Kelly or Warnock. You want the 51st vote to be cast by a conservative like Walker or um Masters or uh, or any of the Republican candidates. And that's what's at stake, the 51st vote. What a difference a day made. 24 little hours. <laughs> I love it. What the sun and the flowers. There you 
So, so I'm saying can take I the person out. For one second, yeah, to, please. Can I interrupt you. You know, I'm on. I'm on all the, the and all the meetings with Dick, uh, with the campaigns and all the different people. And this guy's Dick Morris. This guy's ideas and his insight on all these things. It, it just amazes me what what Dick Morris is. is his mind, how it works. I just have to say that because what you're about to talk about amazes me. All right, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> yep, yeah, Never yes. mind. Never mind. Well, you have to apologize for knocking me like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, that's a hundred, hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so look, the the point is that I am not. I mean, you look at Arizona. Okay, you have a choice between two candidates: Masters, who's a wealthy businessman who basically bought his way through the primary got the Republican nomination, supports Trump's agenda, is a staunch conservative, will do just what we want. But what has he accomplished in life? He's made money. Uh, he's running against Kelly, who's an astronaut, whose wife was almost murdered in the Congress yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, shot in the head and had to leave uh-huh. Congress. So which of these folks is the more admirable human being? Okay, But that's not what we're litigating. We're saying, how the hell are they going to vote? Are they going to vote right. with Biden or are they going to vote against Biden? And and that's a key question. And that is the only question we should be focused on. So, look, these guys are voting machines in the Senate. It used right. to be that they exercised independent judgment, but no more. Ninety percent of the – I'm sorry, not 90, 98 percent of the time, wow. Fetterman votes the way Biden tells him to. And Kelly votes the way Biden tells well, him what to. Is, what do we call Kelly? Uh, Kel Biden? Yeah. Sh- shame us. Kel Biden. Kel Biden. Biden. <laughs> yeah. And uh, shame they, us. They, they, they go and they vote the way their party tells them to. And the Republicans are no better. I mean, right. uh, 98% of the Republicans vote the way McConnell tells them to. Uh, and, and that's the way it is right now in Congress. Understandable. Everybody's following their party. That's how Trump got his program passed. He had 51 Republican votes, and he got every one of them for his tax program that turned our whole economy around. It's how he got his border wall built. It's how he uh, was able to strengthen our military so that Ukraine can now be winning. And all of this stuff happened with 51 votes, and he kept them all in line, and that's how they voted. So don't give me that this is some independent senator who's going to use his judgment based on his experience. He'll just vote the way he's told to. He might as well elect 51 voting machines as opposed to 51 senators. And that's the reality of it. And it's about time we we stop pretending that this is some judgment in heaven of which of the two of you belongs in purgatory and which one deserves to go all the way to heaven. Uh, it's, It's ridiculous. Uh, when you vote for a president, okay, that's what you do. When you vote for a governor, okay, that's what you do. You can't anticipate the issues that are going to come up. You can't anticipate what's going to happen, and you need to know their character, their depth of judgment, the whole bit, because the governor and the president deal with everything, mayor too. But congressmen, senators, I just want to know how the F are you going to vote? Okay, spare me all the stuff about how wonderful you are and how terrible your opponent is. How are you going to vote? Are you going to pass Biden's agenda or are you going to stop Biden's agenda? Will you enable this idiot or will you stop him? Uh, Let's go to uh, Lillian in Wayne. Hi, Lillian. Oh, okay. Well, I read her 
summary of her content. And she was going to say that Trump is against early voting. And I have to tell you, he is, and he's wrong. Uh, he's so scarred by his experiences that, right. you know, he's, he's reacting viscerally about that. Right. Uh, I want my vote in the ballot box. I want it cast before I go to the polls because I do not know what's going to happen on election day. It could be snowing yeah, I understand out for God's sake. Yeah, I understand it wrong. completely, but you know, and he is wrong. Come on, guys. In this one, he's wrong. Right. Let's go to You're Kathleen right, in yeah. Westchester. Hey, Kathleen. Hi, Dick. Um, I just wanted to tell you that uh, what you were commenting about how they don't fight, the GOP doesn't fight. I'm so disgusted uh, when I go past the Westchester headquarters of the GOP. They have a nice house, and there's no signs out in front. Is it a, is it a, a funeral chapel, or is it, is it a funeral home or headquarters? <laughs> <laughs> Do they a like have crosses outside in the ground? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> President Joe Kenyon is running against Chuck Schumer. There's nothing on there. There's a few lawn signs on the side. I think it's a disgrace. It is. And when I ask somebody, they said it's because the tenants had a problem with it. <laughs> well, if they're renting oh, really? from Move, the GOP, for God's sake. Yeah. the GOP should have some stones Move. and tell them, well, during yeah. this time, we have to have this opportunity to use our now, things. I couldn't even get lawn signs. There's not even an opportunity to walk Incredible. in and get lawn signs or help wow. out a phone. Well, thank, thanks for calling. Let's go to Joel in Manhattan. Hey, Joel. Hi, Joel. Hi there. Mr. Morris? Yes. Uh, listen, uh, this is very important as far as I'm concerned. I've thought about it for uh, quite uh, some time. Uh, why not have uh, presidential, in particular, elections Every three years, for a total, grand total of nine years, every three years, you know, and then so that uh, uh, consecutively Joel, or uh, non-consecutively. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but, you know, we, I don't, can't waste time talking about that. We got an election in two weeks that we got to win, and uh, constitutional change is not going to happen in that time frame. Let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Hey, Judith. Hi, Judith. Hi, guys. How are both of you? Great. great. So great to speak to you. You know, I had a hard time getting through, so I'm glad I got through. Um, I ran away. You you ran away. Where'd you go? He's out painting a wall in Rye. Oh, you you really sound like you're a little bit out of space. I hear you. Okay. (laughs) Doug. Okay, Dick. Yeah, listen, listen. Um, You know what? There are a few things. Um, Number one, this country is run by brain-challenged idiots from top to bottom, like brainless Biden. He's totally brainless. Then you got brain – I'm sorry to say it, but you've got brain-challenged Fetterman. He's totally brain-challenged, but he's releasing 26 murderers and more. you got Warnock, who's another anti-American preacher, just like – well, yeah, just he's an anti-American preacher, just like this uh, other one, Jeremiah Wrong. Yeah, that yeah. Obama sat there for 20 years. I want to say something, Dick, and I want to tell you, McConnell, Cheney, Romney, all these people, I'm very concerned about the Republican elite, some of them, who I believe collude with the radical leftists, you know, yeah. because just even the election that, you know, there was so much evidence that it was stolen, no question, and yet no one is screaming about it, and the Republicans are just going along with it. Yep. I kind of feel oh, like wow. they're in, they're part of it. They're part of the problem. Yeah, but you really have a three-party system now in the U.S. You have the Democrats who are united in their idiocy, uh, and you have the mainstream GOP Republicans like McConnell 
and Cheney and all of those and Bush. And then you have the MAGA Republicans who are Trump, who are really fighting and really making a difference. And in the primary after primary, we've supported the MAGA Republicans, thank God, and uh, really got it done in terms of changing the party. Now what we got to do is elect these folks, and uh, the Republican caucus will be very good. It's going to be filled with fighters and battlers like Ted Cruz and Donald Trump and uh, and DeSantis Dick, can and I so on. Yeah. Dick, can I ask you a question? I just want to say also that 87,000 IRS agents, um, if anyone is stupid enough to vote for Democrats today, I'm telling you now, they're going to come out after all middle class people, yep. conservatives, Republicans, whatever. They're going to come out for small businesses against them, targeting whatever. We've got, yep. you know, the whole country with 87,000 IRS. And that Repu- alone should be a reason to vote them out, all, of, re- all the Democrats yeah. now. And Republicans. And Republicans. Thanks, Judith. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. (laughs) One of the uh, great injustices uh, going on now uh, is the treatment of Steve Bannon. and for that matter, the subpoena of Donald Trump by this, oh, this, this phony January 6th committee. Ugh. I know Steve very well. And um, and frankly, we celebrate together that with us and James Carville and Carl Rove and, and a few others, uh, we've gotten presidents elected. And it's a group of like five or six people. The only thing they have in common is they hate each other. <laughs> but... <laughs> but uh, Steve is a genuine genius. He's the one who discovered the hidden vote for the Republican Party of the white and black, blue-collar, working-class voter uh, who lives in flyover country. And the Democrats and the Republicans both ignored him, 36 million of them. And, uh, and really what Trump did was to understand them and speak to them and talk about America first. And Steve Bannon is the guy that basically guided Trump to that conclusion. And now Bannon is literally facing four months in jail for failing to honor the subpoena of a rump committee. Let's understand this was a committee that was set up on a narrow party line vote in Congress, like two votes to spare. And normally Republicans are half the members. Here they refuse to go. The only two Republicans who went are people are Republicans that voted to impeach Donald Trump, Cheney and huh. and uh, Kissing uh, and um, I forget his name, the the guy from Illinois, but uh, Kissinger. Uh, but so there really is no Republican representation on the committee. There's no Republican mm-hmm. counsel. There's no cross examination. There's none of that. And we are just absolutely being. They are being framed and railroaded. And to put a guy like Steve Bannon, a certified genius, who is one of the great thinkers of our time, in prison is incredible. That is so horrible. Steve is kind of overweight, so I don't mean to call him, but suggest a hunger strike. But, you know, something like like that would be appropriate. Here comes the story of
that Dylan in there. Yeah, and Steve, Steve was is unbelievable. Uh, actually, in a certain way, if he's in jail, I can visit him, and I will. And I would last have his undivided attention because when I meet with him, he's got fifteen phone calls, five visitors, and you know you can get in two or three words in edgewise. Now I got a captive audience, literally, and man, am I going to take advantage of that? <laughs> but seriously, I can't stand the idea that this genius I is know, going to jail. That's really horrible, really now, is. Now, as to Trump, what he ought to do is just wait this thing out. Uh, this committee is going out of existence on December 31st when we take the House. It's a House committee. If the House votes to repeal it, it, it it's gone the next day, and uh, really? that's what will happen. But what they're trying to do now is to distract voters so they can pay attention to Trump before Election Day. Let me tell you all a story. In 1996, you remember I was running Bill Clinton's re-election campaign. Uh-huh. And um, Ken Starr, who I who'd since died, who I came to like, was our mortal enemy back then. And he subpoenaed me uh, to to testify Allegedly in the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Cause was that had... when your dog ate your laptop? <laughs> no, no, that was another time. I literally got a subpoena. And I, oh, no, it was early in the same thing. I had to produce my laptop. And they left the, uh, they FedExed the hard drive to me from the campaign headquarters in Washington. And it arrived in a brightly colored red, white, and blue envelope that sat outside my door. And I didn't know it was there for a couple hours. And my dog couldn't resist and opened the envelope and <laughs> tore it apart. I don't and, believe that. And when the committee said, where's your laptop? I had to say, my dog ate. <laughs> my dog ate my <laughs> yeah, homework. Which is completely true. But um, <laughs> but this is another story about the same thing. So, okay. Uh, and Starr subpoenaed my records and wanted me to testify. And the sole reason for this was to distract attention and make, Clinton scandals become front and center again. It had no p- purpose in terms of any prosecution. And my lawyer said, just wait it out. I'll submit delaying motions. I'll do all kinds of stuff. And the day after election day, it went away. They stopped being interested in the subpoena. So this is the same thing, and it's it's ridiculous that it's, yeah. that it's going on. Let's go to Tom in the Bronx. Hey, Tom. Yes, I'm so glad that Zeldin's running for governor, but one one uh, situation is look at Pennsylvania. They look like moonscapes with that hydrofracking. It's poison. No, it's not. Yeah, it, yes, it, it is. No, no, it isn't. The uh, Department of Energy under Obama said that there was no poisoning involved. Said that the the fracking goes on twenty thousand feet below the surface, and the water is six feet below the surface, and there's no way it can contaminate. What's happened in some cases is that some irresponsible companies have put the the uh, the water that they use for fracking, the used water, in open bins, and the sun has evaporated it, and it's come down as acid rain. But that's stopped. Ah. That's illegal now. And uh, And fracking is the absolute answer to terrorism, the answer to Russian global domination, it's the answer to Europe's dependence on Russia. Uh, it's the answer to almost every major problem we have. And thank God we have fracking. And But New York State, the Democrats who are so compassionate, so concerned about the poor, have stopped it from happening. So Syracuse and Utica and Rome and, 
Elmira, all of them have lost about half their population. Buffalo used to be 500,000, now it's 250. Rochester used to be about 170, now it's about 120. And that's because people are moving out because there are no jobs. And fracking would completely change that. It has in outstate Pennsylvania. You go to uh, Altoona and places like that, and everybody has money because of fracking. And uh, North Dakota is now one of the richest states in the country because of fracking. And uh, and it is just obscene that based on no scientific evidence, no confirmation by the liberal democratic departments of energy, they have not chosen to to ban fracking. Uh, let's go to Stu in Brooklyn. Hey, Stu. Good to talk to you again. Hey, Stu. Hi. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, there are about uh, a million plus Russians living in uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Anyone know what they vote? What could they actually swing you an election as a voting bloc, depending what their sentiments are? You know, I've never seen a poll of of Russians in the U.S. Okay. I've never seen that. Um, never seen that. That's interesting. That's very interesting. One thing that let me just mention on the tangential subject in Arizona. In Arizona, the Republican Senate candidate, Masters, is carrying the Hispanic vote. He's winning the Hispanic vote, not just coming close, but winning. And the reason we're two points behind in Arizona is not the, not the Hispanic vote. It's that 17% of the vote in Arizona, of the white vote, is cast by Californians who moved to Arizona. So it happened, and by the way, the reason Georgia's so tight, is that it's a lot of northerners moving to Georgia. And what these folks are doing is they're leaving their high-tax liberal democratic states, but they're taking their damn ideology with them. It's like somebody whose hands are dirty and he dirties up a towel, so without washing his hands he goes and gets a clean towel and dirties that one up too. These idiots have not realized that it's the policies they're voting for that drove them out of California, drove them out of New York, drove them out of Pennsylvania, and when they arrive in their new homes in Arizona and Georgia uh, and Florida, they're voting the way their old elected officials did when they screwed it up. It's like picking the wrong person in a relationship. You always pick the same person again, you know, the same type of person. Right, right. You got that right. Let's go to Robert in Plainview. (laughs) Hey, hey, Robert. I got that wrong. Hi, Robert. Hi, I'm in Pearl River. Pearl River. Oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Yeah, uh, how are you today? Um, Great. My question is, what are the chances, you know, I just hope that uh, the conservatives win, you know, the what are the real chances of them winning the House and then Trump coming back? This has to happen. I mean, it's it's getting. Coming back in 24. Yeah. Right. And what absolutely. Well, look. And he's going Look, I think that, uh, first of all, you remember the opening of this show, I talked about the importance of early voting. And given the lagged, terrible turnout numbers so far, I wouldn't bet on anything unless the Republicans get their act together. But in terms of polling, I think that if the election were held right now and everybody voted the way they told the polling firms they were going to vote, we would control the Senate by 51 to 49. Oz would win in Pennsylvania, and he has to win to keep our seat there. And uh, Laxalt would win in Nevada. He's three ahead, 2.6 ahead. 
and that would give us 51 seats. If the election were held this minute, we'd lose Arizona. Georgia would be forced to a runoff, and that's a fascinating question, what will happen in Georgia when there will be a runoff, because the third-party candidate is a liberal. Uh, he's a libertarian, and he, he favors immigration and all kinds of stuff. But he'll, he's getting only 3% of the vote, and the uh, undecided vote is 8%. So we have no idea who how that 8% is going to vote. Are they people who said, I can't stand Warnock, but I don't like Walker, so I think I'll waste, I'm, I'm undecided? Or are they people right. who say, I don't, I hate Walker, but I won't vote for Warnock, I'm undecided? And that we'll do a lot of polling, but we don't know the answer to that. In terms of the House, it looks like we'll win it with 30 or thereabout seats uh, if the election were held today and everybody really voted. But those are big assumptions with two weeks left. As to Trump coming back, let me tell you the same thing I told him last night. His victory as president in 2024 is inevitable. Inevitable. I guarantee it. Because he's not going to have any opponent in the Republican primary worth talking about. Uh, DeSantis isn't going to run. Nobody else is going to challenge him. He's got a lock on the Republican nomination. And when you look at the way the economy is going now and the way it's trending next year into a mammoth, unbelievable recession, the Great Depression, uh, oh, the God. Democrats have a better chance of, as good a chance of winning as Herbert Hoover did against FDR in 1932 and middle of the Depression. And uh, the Republican is going to win. And the Republican is going to be named Donald Trump. And uh, I told Trump last night when we spoke, I said, remember how you said that Biden's immigration policy should be to do nothing and just let my policies take effect? Well, that's what I'm saying to you, sir. Uh, just right. do nothing, and you're going to be the next president. I really believe that. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Uh, um, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, good question, sir. Yeah. Um, while we're having our election, events in Ukraine are unfolding very rapidly and very favorably. Uh, the Russian army is absolutely falling apart. Uh, there are mass surrenders. Uh, Ukraine is now about to envelop 25,000 Russian troops with their back to the Dnieper River and the bridge is blown out and no means of resupplying them, and no means of their retreating. And uh, they, they're facing the need for a mass surrender. And uh, this absolutely will break the back of the Russian military in Ukraine. Once upon a time I was falling in love, now I'm only falling. 
Now they're only falling apart, and uh, it's very, very good to see. Uh, now, their fears continue that Putin will use nuclear weapons, um, and that is a real fear. But uh, I think the consequences of that would be so horrific that Russia couldn't dare do it. Uh, it would be a pariah state, and it's a country that's totally dependent on other people buying their oil and their gas. And once yeah. Trump's back in... Uh, we'll supply the whole world with oil and gas. And, do, you uh, think his generals, do you think his generals will stop him, Dick? Well, I think it's possible that they would. I think it's possible that they don't obey that order uh, yeah. if it's given. And I think it's possible that they may be uh, cutting, holding him down at this point. Um, oh, really? Holding him back. Uh, we, we don't know. But the one thing we know is it's an absolute wipeout going on in the Ukraine couldn't happen to nicer people at a nicer time. Um, so so I'm optimistic. Now, there's something else going on in China. Uh, President Xi uh, was just been reelected to a third term, uh, and with it he's assumed basically dictatorial powers. Uh, he no longer really consults the Politburo. He never consulted the Central Committee. And as an illustration of his power... President Ho, his immediate predecessor, was sitting next to him when he gave the most important speech of the year at the Central Committee after he was elected, and uh, and he and he excoriated Ho. He attacked him for being corrupt. He said he ran China into the ground. He said he was trying to rescue China. And as soon as the speech was ended, the cops came in and arrested Ho, sitting up on the wow. dais and let him off in handcuffs and let him off to prison and hasn't been seen since. Uh, this impact? Yeah, huge impact. Now, China is falling apart uh, because they're going back to the old communist economy that Mao did, the Great Leap Forward and the Cultural Revolution. And they're undoing all of the changes that Deng Xiaoping did when he made China into really a capitalist country. And uh, that is is changing this country tremendously. And let's remember that China has no ideological mission anymore. They're not communist people. They just want to make money and the economy is helping them. And now right. that it's falling apart, I'm not sure that I, I think that regime is far too unstable uh, to be able to attack Taiwan. Let's go to Judy in New York. Hi, Judy. Uh, yes, sir. Um, because the specter of... Uh Unwanted pre pregnancy is sometimes welcome and often disastrous and unaffordable, especially in t today's economy. I think that Republicans should not only state that they will go along with what their state policy is, but also offer a website where people can call in uh, or uh, uh, type in uh, on a website that will identify what can be done, yeah. uh, including uh, contracted adoption, if that's a possibility, uh, uh, where and how to get birth control and Judy, warning I, I totally, after I, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's very important. And, and Zeldin, the Republican running for governor, has said that he will not and cannot, I'm quoting him, change the, the abortion laws in New York. And uh, I think that's very welcome. 
because it's clear that a majority of New York wants that. Um, but let me, and let me point out that I think the big thing that you need here is adoption. Uh, we had, uh, about 600,000 abortions in the U.S. last year and only 135,000 adoptions. And, uh, the market for adoption is huge. And, uh, there's even the option that I discussed earlier in, in, on my show, I think a year ago, of, um, a partial, of early birth adoption where you yeah. surgically remove the fetus like a cesarean, preserve it in an incubator for several mm-hmm. weeks or months if necessary until it's full term, and then have it that someone adopt it. New York is as early as what, Dick? It was like 22 weeks, weeks, I think. Well, no, no, All not right. 20, 22, 23. And, right. um, and, you know, New York provides no aid to adopted parents, none. Florida provides them with $5,000 a month until the child becomes uh, 18. But uh, New York provides no aid. It's kind of lots of ruck. And uh, yet we're all so vigorously, pro- they're all so vigorously pro-choice. So yeah, right. they're really opting for abortion as opposed to adoption. And I think whatever you think of abortion, you have to see it as a tragedy. Uh, that if it can be avoided, should be. And I think uh, extensive use of contraception is key, and I really welcome your question. Thank you. Let's go to um, Jerry in Jersey. Hey, Jerry. Uh, Three topics. I'll make it quick. Number one, we should basically, Powell should start basically loosening up the sheet and start selling off some of the $9 trillion of, of, of fiat money that was put into the Wall Street and start loosening up so hopefully we can basically start balancing this budget because it's Julian, like two ends of its stream. I'm, so, I'm sorry, you have three points. Your first one was good. Let me talk about it because we're coming up against the end of the show. Um, yeah, the, the, the problem is that if Powell loosens it up too quickly, it'll fuel even more inflation because it'll put even more money out there in the economy. And the only way to stop inflation, once Biden has done it, is it, it, it's an incurable disease, inflation. The only way to cure it is half kill the patient, half kill the economy, uh, stop people from buying homes, stop them from buying cars, stop them from using credit cards, stop them from getting home loans, stop yeah. home construction, stop any of that. Uh, and that will so injure the economy and so hurt people financially that they'll stop spending money and stop fueling inflation. Uh, it's horrible. It's basically saying kill the patient. It's like chemotherapy times 20. And uh, and the problem is that Biden has left us with no alternative to that by putting really? all of this money out there and so revving up the economy. That's the strong economy, strong as hell he talks about, on the way to hell uh, because there's yeah. too much money out there chasing too few products and all the prices are going through the roof because of that. Um, we need Trump. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, let's go to uh, Rich in East Meadow. Hey, Rich. Thank, thank you, Dick. This is a pleasure. 2018, Andrew Cuomo, 3.6 million votes. 20, Donald Trump, 3.2 million votes. Talk about Kathy Hochul and what she needs. Respect to Bernard McGurk. Thank you. Well, I think Hochul, uh, I think there's a decent chance of beating Hochul. 
Yeah. The polls have her five ahead now, but uh, that's pretty slender in New York. And uh, and the thing about New York is that it's a very, very late deciding state because nobody in New York knows anything about New York. <laughs> they <laughs> they get they watch national TV. They know much more about what's happening in Paris than they know about what's happening next door. So uh, the New York Times doesn't cover New York. Uh, it puts it in the metro section, which people use to wrap fish in. And, uh, and basically they're... Sleeping with the fish? With the, like Luca Brazio, yeah. So, the, so they're very late in making the decision. Uh, they're in a media market where the TV commercials are all national or all even for other states. That's and very interesting. And, and now you, so that they pay attention late in the process. And it's, there were always really two and three week elections. And the election in New York has basically just started. Uh, and I think, um, I think that Zeldin has a really good chance of winning. I think so. Um, and that your concept, your concept of, uh, buying at the counter, you know, last minute buying is, yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's in impulse buy. Uh, yeah. a lot of people, uh, you know, what it is is that people study elections, uh, they don't study them in depth. They absolutely uh, decide when they have to decide. Just ask yourself, when, if you're men, when do you go Christmas shopping? Well, probably two days after. Two days before or after. Ask when your wife goes Christmas shopping, probably September and October before. and November. Yeah. <laughs> so if you run Christmas ads in, uh, early, in early December or late November, uh, you're not going to hear them. And with your wife, she won't pay attention to them because she's already done her buying. That's so true. But if they run an ad on December 24th, you're going to hear that ad because you're desperate right. to find out what you're going to buy. And right. that's how people treat state legislature and state senate, state assembly races. Uh, it's when they actually are up against it and have to vote, they suddenly pay attention to it. And that's why party trend in New York only manifests itself at the last moment. So when you see a Republican coming on strong and there are only five behind and you see a Democrat with a president with a 40% approval rating, I think that you still have a heck of a chance of being able to win. Great insight. So what we've talked about today is the importance of early voting, uh, the importance of doing, of making sure we all get out early and vote, put that vote in that ballot box, pocket the vote so that you're not going to be subject to the winds of change on Election Day. How do you know right. your kids are going to be healthy? How do you know right. it's not going to snow? How do you know that you're going to be able to get out of your driveway? Vote right. now. Well, thank you. It's been a great show. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Dick Morris. It's an honor. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.